This is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent for Information Security Media Group India. I'm speaking with Bruce McConnell, Senior Vice President at the East-West Institute in the United States. We're going to be speaking a little bit about U.S.-India cyber cooperation and the Digital India Initiative and some of the security challenges that are going to arise. Bruce, my first question to you is, uh, what is going to be India's role in Internet governance? Can you shed some light on that? Sure, thanks, and thanks for having me. Uh, India has a huge potential to take a leadership role in coming up with middle ground on a lot of these questions about the future of the Internet because the world community and governments in the world are somewhat polarized, different points of view. India represents a huge user base, 6 million new users every month coming on to the Internet and a huge technology base. Much of the Internet runs on Indian software. And so those two things together give it the possibility of being a, a great influence and helping other countries and helping the U.S. in particular find some middle grounds where there's uh, can be more agreement on how the future of the internet is going to be determined. So what are some other concrete steps in terms of cyber cooperation that the U.S. and India can look at? I mean, the United States government has been talking about collaboration with the Indian establishment for a while, but nothing concrete has taken shape. So in, in your view, what are some of the things that can you know be a step forward? So there's been a history of good cooperation, which I think has slowed down a little in the last year or so, just because of the change of government on the Indian side and everybody's getting organized there. But President Obama is coming on Republic Day, and I think that's a good place to start. For example, there are a couple of different collaborative groups that involve government and companies. There's an ICT working group and a, another cyber group that have been meeting periodically over the past five years and have come up with a lot of things to do with improved procedures for technology transfer from the U.S. companies to India, as well as improved cooperation on law enforcement on terrorist cases involving the Internet and whatnot. So I think the main thing on that is to restart some of those existing channels that have been proven successful in the past. Um, and then another thing that's happening on a more operational level is that the uh, U.S. Computer Emergency Readiness Team and the CERT of India um, have a teleconference every month where they share interesting uh, problems that they're both working on and that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of good uh, basis for cooperation and it just needs to be ramped up more, uh, which will start happening after the president's visit. Can you tell me a little bit more about what is common in the challenges and the security threats that India and U.S. are facing? Mm -hmm. What is common and what are some of the areas that they can collaborate? Mm -hmm. So, well, I think the, um, all countries and, and all companies really face a similar set of challenges in cybersecurity. The basic problem with cybersecurity is that offense wins, that it's impossible to defend your networks uh, successfully. So there's areas of cooperation between countries uh, that I've seen that have been fruitful in the past and are have been fruitful between the U.S. and India include uh, cooperating when there's an incident to respond to the incident and sharing information about what the attackers are doing and what kind of code and malware they're using, comparing notes and finding solutions together for those things. We work together on cybercrime to provide uh, cooperation across borders by getting the police to work together and work with the companies involved, uh, and that, that has proven uh, helpful in the past. And then finally, having larger, more governmental discussions to try to get some of this uh, cyber weaponry under control. This is one of the things that East-West Institute is working on is should there be some arms control regimes in cyberspace so that these weapons don't uh, cause mass destruction. Interesting you should bring that up. So let's take a global view when you talk about the militarization of cyberspace. What are the implications? Because there are no rules right now and uh, frankly there's not a lot of uh, understanding in the public sphere in terms of what is going on. Right. I agree. Uh, most of it, uh, what you see is hype where people say, 
talk all the time about cyber war and cyber terrorism when in fact there is not cyber war or cyber acts of terror going on today. So this confuses the public because there's talking about things that aren't happening and it doesn't give credibility to the people who talk about that. But I think there is a problem. As you say, there is no rules of the road. There's no limitations on what can be done with cyber weapons and cyber weapons are very convenient. They're easy to use. They're low cost and they are non-lethal most of the time. So there's some advantages to them. So I think what has to happen is that countries have to agree that they won't use them to attack civilian targets, such as critical infrastructure during peacetime anyway, and they won't create mass effects, and that there should be some some recognition that the things that we all depend upon, all countries depend upon, like financial systems to that exchange transactions, financial transactions, or the basic internet infrastructure itself, uh, need to be taken off the target lists. So what you're saying is we need something like a Geneva Convention for Cyberspace Cyber Warfare. Well, we need to apply the principles of the Geneva Convention to the cyberspace. Absolutely, yes. Okay, now you've heard about the Digital India Initiative that Prime Minister Modi's government is taking forward. So what are some of the cybersecurity challenges that you envisage will come out of that? Mm -hmm. And how can they be best addressed? So it will have the same kinds of cybersecurity challenges that everybody has, all aspects of it. Lots of uh, privacy questions because there'll be a lot of personal data used in it. And so that means that there will be need for strong authentication as well as confidentiality of transactions and all the kinds of internal controls and rules to ensure that the systems administrators can't abuse the system, use the personal data for the wrong purposes. So those are kind of standard issue kinds of things. I think the key aspect of this, and it cuts across all the various pillars of the Digital India is that it's important to take the security considerations in, into account right at the beginning. One thing we've learned certainly in security over the past 20 years is that it's much more expensive and difficult to add it on than to build it in at the beginning. So um, I'm hopeful that as the Digital India programs develop, they will ha- all have a security component that will get built into them to uh, make them more trustworthy for the public to use. What about the capacity building in, in security? Because mm-hmm. Indian government has been planning to do that and they've not uh, mm-hmm. really been very successful. So what mm-hmm. are some of the things that this government can learn from what has been done in the U.S.? So I think two things. One is that the U.S. government has encouraged the development of curricula in schools, especially at the university level, to promote better training in cybersecurity. And so I think Indian government could similarly encourage the IITs to enhance their security training and the components in the curricula of that. So I think that would be one really important thing which is should be done soon. The other thing is, of course, that one of the reasons why U.S. companies have moved out in the security area is because of the ability to do innovation and the lack of regulation on businesses to when they get started to start up and really move out on things. And so I think that's encouraged and created more demand for security products and and thus built a demand for capacity in the workforce. And so I know that the Modi government is already eliminating a lot of red tape and things like that for companies in general, small companies to start up. So that uh, should definitely be applied to to the cybersecurity companies as well. And what about the government investment in information technology, specifically security? Mm. How does it happen in the U.S.? And, you know, is there a nodal body that kind of executes, monitors, regulates? What ideas do you have on mm-hmm. how that can be done over here? Yeah. So I think that in the U.S. anyway, it's it's more decentralized. There's no single body that is a nodal point for all the various acquisitions. But the National Institute of Standards and Technology does set uh, standards for the kinds of things that uh, should be acquired and some of the levels of security that then the uh, individual 
ministries can decide how much security they need depending on what the purpose is. I mean, if you have a very sensitive application that involves national security information or personnel information, it needs more security than something that's just providing the latest information about, you know, road conditions someplace. So I think each ministry is probably in the best position to determine how much security it needs for each of its applications and programs, but that it is handy to have someone setting some standards and frameworks that the agencies and ministries can operate off of to make those decisions. I think one last question would be, what are your views on the INA transition? Yeah, so, of course, the IANA, which is the way that Internet names and numbers get assigned, started out with under U.S. jurisdiction because the U.S. invented the Internet, and the U.S. has said that it's going to transfer it now to a more multinational body, and I think that's very favorable. I think, you know, we were discussing earlier the point of how that needs to be done quickly in, in a way that allows much more participation by other countries in the in decision-making as well as, uh, as companies who are affected by this. So I think that's an area which the U.S. and India can work on successfully, and it'll be a fruitful area, of course cooperation and an opportunity for India to show leadership on the global stage in this important area. Thanks, Bruce, for speaking with me. Thank you so much. This is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent for Information Security Media Group. Thank you for listening.